Welcome to History in Six, a place where we sample history in six-minute increments. I'm your host, Tima Lindell. Today we're going to begin a discussion on the Jamestown colony. Time is short. Let's jump into it. Spain's discovery of vast amounts of precious metals in South America was a game-changer for Europe. I say, quote-unquote, discovery, but they didn't find it laying on a ground. No, they discovered the Aztec Empire and its wealth. They proceeded to use the old-fashioned technique of conquering those in your way and stealing their wealth. Most people think that the conquering of the Aztec was just about greed, but it actually had a much larger role in the development of Europe. First, we need to understand that money represents the value of a person's labor. Well, we need something of value to exchange for those labors. That something was precious metals. The large influx of precious metals allowed Europe to become a money-based economy, all of which allowed merchants to operate at larger and larger scales, the bigger they got, the more they traded. As trade increased, so did the need for colonization. What better way to get in-demand materials than untouched lands from afar? King James I was eager to see the English expand their trade through new colonies. He awarded the Virginia Company with a charter to explore and set up a colony in the Americas. The company found private investors to fund the venture, and they set off in three ships for America in 1607. The venture entered Chesapeake Bay in modern-day Virginia on May 6, 1607. Their fledgling settlement was named Jamestown after the king. They built a fort, a church, and some hovels with roofs of thatch to live under. An extremely primitive settlement that looked more like something from the Dark Ages than the 17th century. The initial goals of the colony were twofold. First, they wanted to convert the natives to Christianity. And secondly, they wanted to get rid of the criminal and lazy elements of society. As you can imagine, this was not a formula for successful colony. As a result, they struggled mightily in its infancy. The one thing they did get right was financing of the colony. It wasn't financed by the crown. It was financed by individuals who put their own money into the effort. They had skin in the game, which caused them to fight on when others who weren't using their own money might have quit. In the long run, it was these capitalistic forces that allowed the colonies to thrive and succeed. But back to our, our venture. It had 105 settlers. Each member of the party was given acreage. But these guys were adventurers. They had no idea what to do with the land. They had no idea how to live in this environment. By the end of 1608, half of the original colonists had died. The 53 who remained were emaciated and barely alive. At this point, Captain John Smith enters the story. Smith was quite the adventurer himself. He fought in wars across Europe and was captured by the Ottomans. He was able to escape and explored the Mediterranean and Black Seas. As a seasoned veteran, Smith was supposed to hold a seat on the Jamestown Council. The seat was denied him because of a brawl he was involved in on the transatlantic voyage. Instead of working in the colony, he set off to map the Chesapeake Bay District. In the process, Smith was captured by the Powhatan Confederacy and faced execution. According to Smith, the Indian princess Pocahontas intervened and pleaded for his life, which saved him from having to face the executioner. Is it a true story? Eh, who knows. But it did create a peace between the colony and the local tribes. When Smith returned to the colony in September of 08, he was the only one who had any idea of how to survive in the wilderness. His experience found him quickly elected president of the councils, which, interestingly enough, was the first democratic action in the Americas, Smith quickly imposed military discipline on those remaining alive and negotiated food with the Indians to make it through the winter. He was able to keep the mortality rate down to 5%, which, 
which greatly helped in these early colonizational efforts. In 1609, a relief convoy was sent to the colony. For the second wave, the Virginia Company tried recruiting settlers from all levels of society to hopefully create more stability in the new colony. They had 500 men and were put under the command of a temporary governor, Sir Thomas Gate. With the arrival of the second wave in July of 1609, Smith was relieved of his position and returned to England in September. Now, the only problem is the entire second wave didn't make it to Jamestown that year. 400 plus men arrived in Jamestown, but the expedition's leader, Sir Thomas Gates, ship had crashed in the Bermudas. Gates had to spend the entire winter building two new ships to sail the rest of the way of the colony. I bet that was a heck of a feat. You have limited tools, limited resources in, on a ship direct island, and you build yourself two ships. That's pretty cool. On an interesting side note, this was England's first contact with Bermuda, which till this day is still a British colony. Unfortunately, the second wave had the same problem as the first wave. No one knew how to live under these conditions, and they suffered a similar fate. The harsh winter wiping out much of the population. When Gates finally arrived in May of 1610, he found appalling conditions. Only 60 settlers had survived the winter. Of the 400 that landed, all the food was eaten, the buildings were in ruin, they even suspected cannibalism. On top of that, the local Indians were becoming more hostile with the struggling colony. The stage was set for a repeat of the Roanoke disaster. They felt they had no choice but to pack up and abandon the colony. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Either way, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to.